Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Motormouth Mosley Radio Show. You have reached the man cave here in Redan, Georgia, sitting around watching some TV, checking out some sports, just having a good evening. Thank you for tuning in. Hope your week is going well. I know you're looking forward to the weekend. We're already past Thursday. One more day and we get to get our party on. A lot of great football coming up this weekend. Basketball season's kicking in. We've got some college basketball things going on. But just want to say thank you for taking the time to listen in, whether you're listening live or if you're tuning in at a later time listening to an archive version. Just want to say thank you for tuning in and listening to what i got to say. Um, I'm going to talk a little basketball, a little football, and a little baseball. Uh, Major League Baseball's uh, awards have started to come out. And as you know, a few uh, couple of months ago, I had my own picks, and when I made my picks about uh, who was actually going to win what and who was going to be where, um, of course, I don't get a vote. It was just my opinion. But that's what I do, throw out my opinion. Um, what we did have is we had the uh, National and American League MVPs and Cy Young Award winners announced this week. And I did pretty okay. I did pretty okay. I think it was pretty much a given that Miggy was going to win the uh, National American League uh, MVP had a great statistical season. Again, after coming off of his uh, triple crown, almost pulled off another triple crown. If it wasn't for Chris Davis, uh, he probably would have pulled off back-to-back uh, triple crown. So the National American League MVP went to Miguel Cabrera, uh, Detroit Tigers. Not a shock to anybody. Uh, maybe the distance that he won by was uh, next in line was Mike Trout of the, uh, the Los Angeles Angels of Cal- the California Angels of Los Angeles or Anaheim or whatever they're called this week. I do know who they call them. I'm just messing with them. Um, Mike Trout was runner-up, but it was you know, a huge margin. It wasn't even a close race. Uh, nobody could have expected it to be. Uh, as for the American League uh, Cy Young Award winner, which goes to the most outstanding pitcher. Uh, again, uh, not much of a surprise. I had picked uh, Scherzer to win it, uh, which, uh, again, really wasn't a reach. He had a, a dominating season, 19-3, uh, ERA under, under three. You know, just a great statistical season. So it wasn't a surprise there that uh, – that he pulled it off. Um, Also in the National League, we've had Andrew McCutcheon, Pittsburgh Pirates outfielder, win the MVP again. uh, Not a shock who I picked. Wasn't even close. Did a great thing, got the Pittsburgh Pirates back into the playoffs after like an 11-year drought. Um, did what he needed to do. A great uh, statistical season for him also. 
And then in the race that I thought should have gone to someone else, the one that I was wrong in uh, was a National League Cy Young Award winner. Uh, all the bobbleheads had said that uh, Clayton Kershaw would win it all, and he was absolutely dominant. And the games that he lost, he lost because he got no run support. He had an ERA under two, which in modern-day baseball is absolutely unheard of. Uh, his overall record was 14-9, and nine, and there were you know, a couple of pitchers who had much better records. Adam Wainwright was 17-9. and nine. Uh, Zach Greinke, who I thought should win uh, the National League, uh, Cy Young, uh, was 15-3. and three, But uh, the 214 strikeouts, 14-9 and nine record, and the ERA under two uh, definitely put Clayton Kershaw ahead of uh, everybody else. Uh, so it wasn't... Uh, a whole lot of shocks going on when it came to the national uh, uh, pastimes awards. Now we're still waiting on rookie of the year. We're still waiting on uh, managers of the year. Those awards to be announced, which will be announced within the next couple of days. Um, so you know that's that's a little bit of talk for baseball right now. There in the off season, not a whole lot going on. But I did want to say. Uh, you are listening to the Motor Mouth, the resident Big Mouth, Motor Mouth Mosley, the man. Uh, I am here talking sports, talking what I, I love to talk. And uh, although it's a little bit late here in Georgia, it's early back in Hawaii. And I didn't want to touch on my alma mater. Uh, they're playing San Diego State University this weekend. Uh, an old, long-time rival dating back into the you know late 70s. Uh, they're back in the Mountain West with a bunch of schools that formerly were in the WAC. So it's a lot of uh, resurgence, a lot of uh, uh, old rivalries being renewed. So it's kind of nice to have them back where they belong. But even more importantly, the return of the rainbow. Who cares about the other connotation of the rainbow and who's taking it? We're taking the rainbow back. The University of Hawaii has implemented it back into their sports teams, and absolute thrill to me, they have implemented it back into the uniform of the University of Hawaii football team. The rainbow stripes will be going down the pants legs, and there will be rainbows on the shoulder. They look great from what I saw. Uh, can't wait to watch the game over the uh, on Saturday, and maybe some of that old magic will be renewed uh, with the uniforms. Of course, I'm dreaming. But more importantly, I hope that some of the people up at the University of Hawaii will make the decision to go back to using uh, these uniforms as their regular uniforms. Under Armour and Mike Torres got together, pulled some magic, thanks to a picture that Scott Turner pulled up out of some archives of the old, old rainbow uniforms. Uh, these are a throwback to those which actually preceded the uniforms that I wore. But it was, it's great to see uh, tradition brought back into the University of Hawaii football team. Uh, don't know if it's going to change the level of play, but as an alum, as an old Rainbow Warrior, it is great to see. And I, my hat goes off uh, to the administration for making the move, and I hope that they take it one step further, like I said, and make this part of their regular uniforms. Um, 
locally, the big news here in Georgia has been the move of the Atlanta Braves is uh, tentative to happen in 2017 from uh, Turner Field, which is in southeast Atlanta, up to Cobb County, which is a little bit more affluent neighborhood. We'll just leave it at that. Um, there are a lot of people here in Atlanta that are thrilled about it, and there are some people who are very upset about this move. Uh, of course, it's still considered metro Atlanta, and it's really not odd for a uh, sports team not to play in the actual city uh, that is on their team name. The Dallas Cowboys don't play in Dallas. They actually play in Arlington. Uh, so it's not rare for it to happen. But where this becomes uh, an issue here locally in Atlanta is, for one, uh, Turner Field is uh, only, I think, 17 years old. It was uh, built you know, during the time of the Olympics, and uh, it's still relatively new and definitely not outdated as as concerning, you know, some of the uh, parks in some other parts of uh, Major League Baseball. I don't know uh, what the impetus was that necessitated this move other than getting it out of a neighborhood and moving it to a more upscale neighborhood, I guess you would say. Um, I know that the Falcons have just decided that they're going to build a new stadium, uh, but it's going to stay relatively in the same neighborhood. Uh, They end up having to pay millions of dollars to a resident, two resident churches to allocate the land uh, to build this new stadium. So I'm not sure uh, if the Braves uh, felt a need to make a move, to make a splash. But in either case, it's, it's a move that the taxpayers up in Cobb County will probably have to start uh, footing part of the bill. And it is uh, a situation that uh, the city of Atlanta and Mayor Kasim Reed uh, – We'll make some efforts to try to keep them here in uh, Atlanta, but I think that the uh, process is pretty much a done deal, and uh, they will find new ways to develop the 60-plus acres that are now uh, Turner Field. Um, Again, you're listening to the Motormouth Mosley Radio Show. The phone number is 347-945-7975. You're more than welcome to call in. I had a couple of folks Drop in on chat. Just hear what I got to say. Uh, I want to thank them for uh, listening and tuning in. If they uh, actually want to join in the conversation, you're more than welcome. If not, you're more than you have every right to just sit and listen to my eloquent voice. Um, NFL action coming up this weekend. Games have already started. You got a game tonight on NFL Network. You've got the uh, Indianapolis Colts playing against the. Uh, Tennessee Titans, and the game that I uh, initially was pretty confident about, I thought that Indianapolis would, uh, would would win this game pretty much going away, but they looked so bad last week, and uh, they're not looking. They fell behind early in this game. Uh, they've actually clawed their way back, and it's now 23-20 to 20, uh, with four, 440 left in the fourth quarter. So it looks like I might skate away with the victory to start off uh, the weekend's list of games, which I definitely need after getting slapped around last week. Again, my picks this weekend will be Indianapolis over Tennessee, 
The New York Jets should defeat the Buffalo Bills. Baltimore over Chicago. Cleveland will lose to Cincinnati. Washington and Philly, one of the better games, I think, this weekend, not record-wise, but with importance to the NFC race. Uh, I've got Philly beating Washington. Uh, I've got Pittsburgh beating Detroit at home. Uh, Detroit will be traveling to Pittsburgh, but I, I think that Coach Mike Tomlin will get the Steelers back in line. I think they'll start playing a little bit better ball. Uh, I got Atlanta going to Tampa, and I would say I, I would say that Tampa's going to get their second win of the season. Uh, and then we've got Arizona and Jacksonville. So, and I'll repeat what I just said. I've got Jacksonville winning their second game of the season. So Tampa and Jacksonville, after going un- winless, uh, will go back-to-back wins. Uh, my prediction this weekend. You've got Oakland going to Houston. I'm picking Houston to win that game. San Diego will beat Miami. Um, In an upset, I'm picking San Francisco over New Orleans. Uh, Even though that game is in New Orleans and New Orleans is playing great football, I'm still picking them to to, uh, lose this weekend at home. Uh, Green Bay goes into New York, plays the Giants. The Packers are in disarray after not having their quarterback, Aaron Rodgers. So I don't – Things don't really bode well for them uh, for the rest of the season. I've got Minnesota going into Seattle. Seattle is one of my top three uh, power-ranked teams in the uh, NFL this year. So I don't see my uh, Minnesota actually pulling uh, this one out. I actually expect Seattle to win this one rather decisively. They'll be playing at home with their stolen 12th man. I say stolen because Texas A&M had the moniker first, and now they hop on this bandwagon and call themselves having a 12th man. But And then in, uh, on Monday night, we've got New England against Carolina, which I don't believe is going to be a uh, great game to watch. I think it's going to be uh, an upset that people won't expect. I expect Carolina to actually knock off New England at home. Uh, they'll be playing over in Charlotte. And I, 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 for some odd reason, I just don't think that the Patriots are going to show up and play very well. Uh, something in my bones, it could be arthritis, it could be these 28-degree temperatures that I'm having to deal with here in Georgia, freezing my old Coley off. But the premier game of the weekend in the NFL is going to be Kansas City versus Denver. You've got Peyton Manning playing against Andy Reid and this vaulted Kansas City Chief football team that is sitting now uh, – undefeated, kicking butt left and right. Uh, So I'm definitely picking the Kansas City Chiefs to go into Denver, and I'm sorry, Glenn Miniplate, I am sorry I'm picking your your Denver Broncos to lose another game. I'm calling the Kansas City Chiefs still to be undefeated after this week. So as I said, to review real quick, I've got Indy, the Jets, Ravens, Bengals, Eagles, Steelers, Buccaneers, Jaguars, Titans, Chargers, Niners, Giants, Seahawks, Chiefs, Panthers to win all this weekend. Uh, I checked Vegas this week, uh, the last couple days. Our last show was on Tuesday, so I've been keeping an eye on the line in Vegas. And the line on the Cowboy game has actually moved. The Cowboys are now... Uh, underdogs to buy. They're expected to lose to buy by seven points now. Uh, not even going to have a game, and they're still going to lose. Uh, if you're listening to the Motormouth Mosley radio show, looks like I've got somebody on the line, and I've got somebody 
doing their thing in the chat room. If I don't know any better, I think that phone number is Coach Howie from Maui on line one. Is that you, Coach Howie from Maui? <laughs> oh, how did you know? I had to call uh, in. <laughs> I, 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 I am thankful to hear your voice. Uh, we'll let you folks know that Coach Howie from Maui is a longtime friend. I call him Sport and Jess because it's an old nickname that someone in his past used to call him, so I kind of throw that out there every now and then. But Coach uh <laughs> Coach Howie from Maui uh, is a great friend of mine. He's lived, now residing in the Bay Area for the time being. He's going to be moving back to Hawaii relatively soon. Uh, I broke his leg in college playing football, uh, but he's a very intelligent, very sports-minded, and also a very uh, politically-minded, opinionated uh, person. I, I listened to him talk on the uh, on the. Uh, um, I think it's Matt DiGeronimo show on KGU in Honolulu the other day, and I was looking more forward to hearing what he had to say, but this other guy, Coach uh, not Chris or Frank or Bob or Fred or whatever his name was, came on talking about the Red Nation, and the only Red Nation that matters in this country is our Native Americans. So any other Red Nation doesn't matter, is none uh, essential to any conversation of any matter. Coach Howard, I know you must have called in with something on your mind. I know that you're just as proud to see those UH Warrior football uniforms come back with the rainbows looking all fancy. I know you're also uh, proud of your Seattle Seahawks who came to Atlanta last week and just smacked around some dead birds. So I would assume that personally for you right now, other than the University of Hawaii football team stinking up uh, every game, life is pretty good for you right now. Life is awesome, I tell you. And what an introduction. Thank you, my friend. Hey, talk about Red Nation. The Washington Redskins, buddy. Your your arch rivals. <laughs> you know that's the other there was a time there was a time I mean, and that rivalry literally goes back to Cowboys and Indians. The Cowboys that's versus right. the Redskins. And, and 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 I'm gonna let you say what you have to say about it, but there's there's a question that I have for you. Uh, on that same topic. So go ahead and, and make your point, and then we'll discuss that, and then we'll find our way back in to the question that I have for you. Well, there, there is no point. I, I, when, you, when you're talking about the, the red nation rising, uh, uh, and you're mentioning all the red that matters, uh, I, uh, first thing that popped to my mind was the Washington Redskins. Um, and, you know, at, like you said in the past, and I remember when the Cowboys went 1-15, and that one game win was against the Redskins. <laughs> That's absolutely true. Whenever I see someone who claims to be a longtime Cowboy fan, I ask them. I say, when, when the Cowboys went 1-15, who did they beat? And if you don't know that answer, I question your knowledge and loyalty <laughs> to the best team in all sports. I actually do. Now, the question that I had for you, though, uh, is relative to uh, the Washington Redskins, in fact, it's all about the Washington Redskins. Over the last probably 10 years in sports, uh, the political correctness has kind of taken over uh, some of the nicknames for a lot of the sports teams. You've had the uh, Stanford Indian, you had the Syracuse Orangemen, you had the University of Miami of Ohio Redskins. Uh, all these schools that use Redskins, and in fact, the school that I substitute taught at for months, they're the Redskins. But the, over the last few years, teams have gone away from those names, 
and uh, out of respect, uh, one of the few teams that in college football that still holds uh, a Native American uh, nickname is the Florida State Seminoles, but they have a very strong agreement with the Seminole Nation. Uh, they uh, are very respectful. The imaging and marketing that they use is very positive. Uh, the Cleveland Indians have gone through a phase of getting uh, questioned about uh, their mascot and moniker that they use uh, as used at one time uh, for the Cleveland Indians. Uh, but I think there's a difference, and I've had this conversation with a few people, there's a difference between calling your team an Indian or calling your team a red man or a red skin. Yeah, and then, you know, totally line with that, what about Red Raiders? Well, the Red Raiders, especially for Texas Tech, it has nothing to do with Native Americans. It's actually a bandit that that wears red. Uh, It's not a Native American uh, or Hispanic or any type of moniker. Uh, It's it's more of a, you know, just a desperado, not even a desperado, it was just a... uh, a figure uh, that wore red that was back in the old cowboy days. It, it really doesn't have a, a negative connotation to it. There is no uh, political correctness wrapped around it. It has nothing to do with skin color. Mm-hmm. Interesting. You know, as, like, I, and I always wondered, you now, know, when you're coaching at Yolani, you know, when you're coaching right. at Yolani, how, how was it? You know, are they still called the Red Raiders? Are Kahuku still called the Red Raiders? Now, yeah. now, with both of those schools, you're exactly right. Now, when you said Red Raiders being from Texas, the first thing that popped to my mind was Texas Tech. But you're absolutely right. When you're dealing with uh, Kuhuku, uh, they actually used at one time a caricature Indian. or, or a yeah. drawing of a, of a Native American or an Indian. And same thing with yeah. the Alani. I think they, they definitely uh, did use it. I'm not sure if, uh, if they still use those emblems as their mascots. Uh, I haven't been to either school's website in a while. And I think Kahuku promoted it more than Yolani did, uh, but you're absolutely right. Uh, I'm not sure that uh, those would have been acceptable either. You know, it, it's interesting, you know, we, especially at the, the, the last, you know, five, seven years, how our political climate um, has changed. Um, it's interesting how the Washington Redskins, uh, because that's the, basically the main topic of discussion recently, how, how their name has, has popped up when for how, how long have they been in existence, 50, 60, 75 years? Yeah. Um, you know, it, it never, never came up, or maybe it did come up, but at that, you know, uh, my understanding is the Washington Redskins didn't have any majority or a large mass of objection to using that uh, that name. But nowadays, in the most recent months, I guess, it's, it's become a, a topic of discussion. Uh, I find it very interesting, you know. Now, how should it be addressed? Uh, you know, it's tough because you got a you got a legacy in a team. You know, it's, it's like the Houston Oilers. You know, when they left Houston, you know. They didn't take the Houston Oilers name, but when the Houston team came back, you know, they obviously didn't take the Houston Oilers uh, name. So basically the Houston Oilers are no longer uh, in existence. Now, would the Washington Redskins do the same? If they were to change, would that mean that they change their entire name, their colors, their, 
you know, how, how does that impact the whole organization and, 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 the, and the business structure that they have developed over the many years? Uh, it's an interesting thought. Well, actually, actually, uh, Coach Howard from, from Maui, your man, Motormouth Mosley, this guy, absolutely has this situation solved. I All right, let's hear it. I can fix this easily. I can fix this painlessly. I've got this. Now, but I do want to take a step back. And, and when dealing with the Washington Redskins as a franchise, uh, I don't know if you know this, but I, I spoke on this a few weeks ago on the show. I did a little research, and they actually uh, have a history of um, – I'm trying to find a nice, gentle, journalistic way to say it, but I'm not a journalism major, so you know you should be trying to perpetrate. They were the last team in the NFL to integrate, and they only did it because they had to. Interesting. They uh, and and actually the first player drafted, if my memory serves me right, the first player drafted by the Washington Redskins was none other than um, uh, Ernie Davis, who uh, played football in Syracuse after Jim Brown. They made the movie uh, The Express. Uh, he never got to play with the Redskins because he was immediately draft uh, traded to the Cleveland Browns because the Browns wanted to have Brown and Davis in the backfield, and unfortunately Ernie Davis died before ever getting to play it down in the NFL. But the Washington Redskins were the last team to integrate, and they only integrated because they had to, because I can't remember who the president was, and I didn't go back through my notes, but uh, the president at the time would not allow them to play uh, at, at the field uh, that was in Washington, D.C., until they integrated. So the, the Redskins actually have a history, uh, a legacy, you may say, of uh, some racial issues. Now, also note that the Redskins were the first franchise to have a Super Bowl-winning African-American black quarterback. Uh, so Doug, Doug Williams, yeah, that's right. Doug Williams, absolutely, Doug Williams. So uh, I guess they run full circle. But, yes, as I said, I absolutely positively have the answer, and, and being a rainbow warrior, you will appreciate this even more. All right. I don't believe, I don't believe that the emblem uh, that they use on, uh, as a, uh, a red skin now, uh, and, and I don't even know if you know this, but certain newspapers in the country now refuse to use their nickname when writing about them. Uh, yeah, I read about that. Okay, but uh, the, the, the cure-all to this situation would be you can keep the moniker, you implement some type of fi fiduciary, some type of financial uh, foundation that goes to you know, Native Americans, and you mm -hmm. give them a little kickback, give them a little kickback, you know, do the right thing, do right by them, but instead of being the Washington Redskins, the easy cure is to just change their nickname. They will be, yeah, you go back through history and you'll have issues, you know, but from next year on, they will be known as the Washington Warriors. If the New Orleans basketball team can be known as the damn Pelicans, <laughs> <laughs> 
the Washington Warriors. The team colors don't have to change. The the mascot doesn't have to change because it's a very strong, positive Native American emblem that they use. So that's something to be proud of, but just change it to the Warriors. That's an idea. That is a great idea. So how do we get this word across so they do that, they move in that direction? I don't know, but more importantly, how do we get this word out and have them do it and I get paid for it? <laughs> <laughs> let's see. No, let's see if no. we can fo- let's Photoshop some uh, NFL Nike uniforms using the same colors and everything and then uh, call them the new Washington Warriors. That's a great well, name. Well, 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 what I was thinking, if Pat Riley – can uh, patent or trademark uh, the phrase three-peat, and if Michael Buffer can trademark the uh, let's get ready to rumble, and you have to pay to use those phrases, why can't I just go ahead and trademark Washington Warriors? There you go. I ain't got no money. That's the problem. I can't. I have no money. <laughs> go, go to GoDaddy quickly and, and register the domain name. <laughs> how much does that cost? That's a great idea, though. I like that. It has a how good much, ring to it. How much does that cost? I'm serious. <laughs> I think you can register for like eight or nine bucks a year. <laughs> now all you need is one year. Uh, yeah, because by the time they come up with the idea, it's going to cost them a lot more for them to buy it from me. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It. You can sell it and to them for uh, mm, a cool half a million dollars. <laughs> easy, easy. Um, so, yes, I will be on the GoDaddy uh, website tomorrow. And um, if anybody takes me to court about this, I've got it on air, archived, that it was my idea. <laughs> there you go. And I'm your witness. uh, The date is uh, November 14, 2013, and the time is 11.30 p.m. This is Kyle Mosley and Howard Yoshino having a discussion on the nickname The Washington Warriors. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. stand up in court. But uh, um, to me, that would be a feasible solution. It doesn't take much away. You've got the Golden State Warriors. So, I mean, there's nothing wrong with using that nickname as Warriors. Uh, I've never actually – well, it seems like in the 70s that they actually used a Warrior uh, for their nickname uh, for the Golden State Warriors. But now they basically use a a skyline drawing of the Bay Area of Oakland or a bridge or something as their mascot on the uniform. Yeah, the Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah, the Golden – yeah, so, I mean, it's, uh, they, they've kind of shunned away from it. But, I, again, I don't think that there's an issue with uh, paying homage or respect to uh, the Native Americans. Uh, history has, you know, lied about them all, you know, throughout ages anyway. But uh, if, you know, the Atlanta Braves do a decent job of representing them, Florida State Seminoles do an absolutely fantastic job of, of paying homage to them. So I don't think that the, the Washington Redskins really have to change a lot, but that would be the one thing that I think would uh, would warrant the change. Uh, yeah. And that would be an easy resolution to the problem, the Washington Warriors. All righty. Sounds like a pen. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I will be on the GoDaddy website this weekend, <laughs> logging that in. <laughs> um, All right, great. Thank I, you. Your, your shirt does look done. <laughs> Uh, well, because I, 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 I do know that these shows, if you go 30 minutes, you do get a couple extra minutes. Uh, but I do want to get your, your, your take on the situation at the University of Hawaii, our beloved alma mater. Um, do you, if, if you had uh, your finger on the pulse of what was going to happen, if you could look into your uh, Ouija board or your Magic 8 ball, what would you think is going to happen with Coach Norm Chow over the next eight months, will he still be back? Will he step down? Will they buy him out? I don't think buyout is an option unless some uh, booster kicks in a whole lot of money, which they have done before when they got rid of Herman Frazier. So, I mean, it's not out of the realm, but uh, it seems like uh, he's getting exasperated. Uh, he's getting frustrated. And uh, uh, probably not the emotions you want to really be dealing with on a day-to-day basis at the age of 73, 74 years old. Yeah, you know, it, it depends on how many years he's got left on his contract. If he's got one year he's left... He's got next I, year I, and a year after that. He's got two years left? Yeah. I, 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 you know, I, I give him one more year. I, I give him one more year. Uh, he, he's probably going to only win one more game this year. One game, I should Who say. Who is that I, I don't, against? <laughs> he's, he's, got, he's, got, he's got three games left, but I think the only beatable team may be the last game. So uh, Army? we'll see. Yeah. Army is yeah. the last game. And, and that, that's an interesting matchup because that's Coach Rich Ellerson, who was on the I know. staff under Dick Tony uh, back in the old days. So uh, it, it's kind of interesting this year uh, that they will be playing teams uh, that have a connection to the University of Hawaii. All they missed out was playing SMU and Oregon State. They'd have played Oregon State, SMU, uh, and Eastern Illinois. They would have gotten every, uh, Baylor, and they would have gotten everybody. <laughs> but they, yeah. they, they <laughs> That's touched, true. Touched on a couple of uh, former University of Hawaii uh, athletes or coaches. Uh, they lost to Coach Kenny Yomatololo uh, last week. And it was funny because I don't know if you watched the game, but they made the comment during the game that, that, uh, that Coach Kenny Yomatololo would be open to returning to Hawaii to coach football again. Well, why would but, he? He's but, got a great no, deal said, going. No, no, he said that he would be willing to because I guess he's uh, – the way they made it sound is that his, his time maybe is winding down, that he's done what he you know, set out to do, and he's looking at other, uh, other opportunities. Uh, but he said that yeah, he would be. They're not going to pay him. I mean, he's what is he, what is he making? Wait, 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 wait a minute. Wait a minute. Before you say that, and, and we all agree that because the financial deal that he has at Navy is hard to beat, and it's not just That's financial. It's not just money. But 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 the, but the statement was made that he would be willing to uh, return to Hawaii and coach, but the clincher was not at the University of Hawaii at a high school. Ah, well, I guess you're talking about you're talking about retirement and type after he's done his yes. stint. Absolutely, absolutely. That he, you know, he's made his money, he's made his riches, he's made a name for himself, uh, and uh, he's going to return home to his Polynesian roots and uh, give back to his community in a way that uh, I haven't seen anybody else do in a long time. So, 
I know that there's been some talks about what happens if Chow steps down, what happens uh, if they buy him out, who will get the next opportunity. Um, and, you know, of course, the, the, the usual suspects keep popping up, Brian Norwood, Dino Babers, who's doing an unbelievable job over at uh, Eastern Illinois. They're the number two ranked team in uh, FCS and used to be 1AA. Uh, and, and they have a very interesting ranking of their top 25. I was looking at them earlier, and they've got teams that are ranked in their top 25 that have records of like five and four. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's because of the selection of the teams, the, the, the quantity. I mean, you know, it, they don't have 130 teams to choose from uh, that, that probably qualify. And the five and four teams may be four only because they've lost to the four other top teams in the country. Well, well not only that, you know, uh, they, they not only lost to the top uh, teams in the FCS, but they've lost to teams in the FBS. Like uh, oh, Walford, who, who, Walford, who got who got seventy points thrown up against them against Baylor, they're the twenty fourth ranked team at five and four. Yeah. Uh, so you know, it's, a lot of it has to do with uh, strength of competition, who they're actually playing uh, outside of their division. Uh, but uh, it, it, the division is still being ran and dominated actually by North Dakota State. That's the school that is the big dog in that division. Uh, but Eastern Illinois is right behind them at number two, and then and then the uh, the number three ranked team is the team with the red turf. Now, you oh. being in the Bay Area, I got a feeling you might know who this is. But the team with the red turf, we all know that Boise's got blue, but who is the university with the red turf? It's not Sacramento State, is it? No, Sacramento it? State. Nope. Uh, Sacramento State's actually the Mustangs, I believe. I believe their school colors, uh, I think Sac State's colors are green and white or green and yellow, I think. Oh, it's killing me. Is it not San Francisco State? uh, No, actually, actually, you've got to to look up a little bit. It's a little bit northern of you. And that's UC Davis? University, Eastern Washington. They're oh, okay. All right. I didn't even think about <laughs> that. Yeah. They're the team with the red turf. And I guess just because I was in the turf industry for a few years, it kind of stuck <laughs> out, and it was one of those things that I kind of remembered. But uh, it's, uh, of course, Coach Dino Babers will be mentioned. I watched a video clip of him at practice earlier today, and uh, uh, I don't even know if he wants the job or if that's his dream job or or you know, if these guys would be, would consider it now after being rejected the first time around, basically. Um, how about how about you I, know one name that I thought of was Dan Morrison. I don't know, you know, and we both have a, have a personal relation or had a personal relationship with Dan Morrison years ago. I don't know if Dan ever really wants to be a head Division One football coach. I don't know if that's his dream. I don't think, and Dan. And not a spring chicken anymore. Not that I'm calling him old, but I just don't know if that's something that he wants to do at this point in, in his life. He's got uh, his daughter has a, a beautiful grand grandson, I believe, and uh, it's kind of nice to see he occasionally posts pictures of him and, and, and his grandchild. So I, 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 you know, Dan just as well as I do, as laid back and easygoing as he is, 
He doesn't want all that drama. <laughs> <laughs> true, but true. Yeah, and he, and I would love he's to in see a good that. Position too. Yeah, yeah, he's 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 living he's living the good life. But I think that some, and and I actually honestly think that after this experiment with Coach Chow and his age and 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 what I would perceive to be a disconnect with some young players, I would like to see somebody like a, a young Brian Norwood who is in his mid forties or a Dino Babers who is in his early fifties to uh, take over the reins. Uh, and, and and not just be there as a stepping to another opportunity, but be there because they want to be there. Because I think that guys who have a connection will work harder at it because it means more to them. That's just my take, yeah. my opinion. Again, folks, you're listening to the Motormouth Mosley Radio Show. This is me, Motormouth Mosley, and my man, Coach Howie from Maui Talking Sports. We're going to about sign off right now. I want to thank you, as always, for calling in and chatting with us, chatting some sport. Uh, hit me up again when you're going to be back on the air with somebody who actually has something to say that makes some sense on that other radio show that you call in on. <laughs> I enjoyed listening to it, but I just didn't like what I had to hear. Um, but uh, I would like for it to be a situation where I can actually call in and, and discuss some things with you. But I get so passionate and, and, and personal with some of my political views, that it, it, it probably might turn ugly, and I may, you know, I might. No, that's okay. That's okay. It's like it's, it's, no, it's like it's no foul language shows up. It's well, okay. That's, that's, that's my concern. Good. I don't know if you've got a. I don't know if you've got a seven-second censor delay to shut me up or not, but uh, um, I, um, yeah, I don't know if I can handle some of that stuff because, uh, uh, yeah, that guy the other day and then. Uh, I, yeah. <laughs> he wore on me quick. <laughs> but thanks again for calling in, Howie. And um, the discussions have been uh, a possible move to an earlier time to accommodate some folks back uh, west and actually to accommodate me because staying up till 12 o'clock or 11.30 and talking it gets, uh, I get a little sleepy sometimes, especially when I'm talking about myself. So I may just actually move the show up. I may give it a, a test run for a couple of months and see how it goes. But I definitely will keep everybody uh, abreast of what moves we do decide to make as a show. I want to thank you all for listening in. Again, whether you're listening in live or you're listening in on Memorex uh, or archived episodes, definitely want to say thank you for listening in. You've reached the Motor Mouth Mosley Radio Show. Have a blessed weekend. Happy Friday. Uh, watch a bunch of football and have a great weekend. Go Warriors, and thanks, Coach Mauer. Aloha. <laughs>